0: Welcome to the Basketball Champions League Coast to Coast podcast with you from Regensburg, Germany. I'm David Hein. And with me is Igor Djurkovic from Zagreb, Croatia. Igor, how are you doing?
1: I'm um. Doing fine, (laughs) feeling relaxed and with no tension because there weren't 16 games (laughs) this week. There was only four of them, so feel kind of like I missed something, you know, like that that feeling when you wake up and you think that something slipped my mind for sure. (laughs) But no, it was really just four games.
0: It was relaxing. Yeah, like you said. I mean, it was. If you think about it, it was half of. Half of a, it was a quarter of a game day, you know.
1: Yeah, quarter of a game day, exactly.
0: Quarter of a game day, um, and uh, So we
1: had four games in one slot and like Tuesday afternoon.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's that's one of your, you know, that's one uh, half of your session for uh, for the live blog for the last yeah, exactly. uh, four years. So, but uh,
1: exactly. So it was weird, but it was uh, so much easier to focus on everything that's going on.
0: Yeah, it was a good. It was a good way to kind of slow ourselves into the league. Of course, we wanted we wanted to see uh, all the games that were scheduled be played. Four of the eight games, in case you're not aware of it, four of the eight games that were scheduled for Tuesday and Wednesday were postponed uh, due to COVID nineteen um, positives uh, among one of the teams involved, and uh, are not yet have not yet been. Rescheduled, um, but as we talked last week with the with the preview episode, there there are uh, there's plenty of t- time within the schedule uh, to allow for 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 these games to be rescheduled. Um, and uh, so before we get into uh, before we talk about the games that were played, uh, we do our interview of the week. We talked to uh, Predrag uh, Savo- Savovic, the CEO of of Red Bilbao basket, uh, so uh, you guys can look forward to that really nice conversation with him. And it's a team that has a lot of history, and so anxious to see what they're able to do in the uh, in this competition. Uh, first, let's get to social media uh, or the everything media wise. If you want to follow us on Twitter and Instagram, the handle is basketball cl. Uh, please like us on Facebook, subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, go out and get the mobile app, which has all of the uh, uh, great information. Also the articles that are on championsleague.basketball. And of course, the, the email address is info at championsleague.basketball. And all the games are broadcast live and on demand, as well as condensed games on live basketball TV. All right. So. Igor, let's um, let's go group by group. Uh, I mean, I guess we only have uh, three groups to to talk about. Uh, among those four games, uh, Group A had uh, Ibero Star Tenerife knock off Bakken Bears 98 73, and Dynamo Cesari uh, beat Galatasaray Istanbul 93 84. Um, I guess, you know, maybe just your thoughts in, in general. Um we also will have an overtime session afterwards. So uh, I imagine one or the the odd the odd fact or whatever might be kept uh in the hand uh in order to be trumped out later uh in our conversation. But maybe just in general your thoughts about Packin, you know, they really came out and uh and had a good uh good start to the game and then and then uh you know Tenerife kind of just said yeah, I guess um, I guess we should just give the ball to Sherman and let him do his thing. Yeah. Yeah. That that's the way that's the way it looked to me.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna talk a bit later about some of the stuff just about the game, but I actually like the kind of the philosophy of both teams because they they have completely different setups uh, with Buckingham Bears bringing in a lot of uh, rookies, a lot of players from Africa. Like they have Ongwe, uh, who's from Kenya, and they have the uh, youth, who's a Senegalese. So uh, then they have QJ Peterson as a young point guard and uh, Eric McCree, a lot of interesting athletic guys. And then they complement them with basically the bench of the 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 best of the bunch in Denmark, like uh, the hometown heroes, like Salertz or Lerke or whoever and Darko Jukic, of course. And it's a good mix because these Danish players get an opportunity to, first of all, participate in a big European competition. Second of all, they get to see uh, the other guys, the Americans, the foreigners, just growing at the same rate as they are because it's a learning experience for all of them. And it's a good kind of mix. I like it. But the thing is that Tenerife are basically just an elite team. They're still undefeated in Spain and that says about everything. And the thing about Tenerife, they finished the game, at one point they had four local guys, basically four guys from the Canaries. It was uh, um, uh, Suleymanovic was the only one who wasn't from the Canary Islands. So it was Franguera and uh, Alex Lopez uh, and uh, the youngster Cabrera and... Uh, Sergio Ariane. Rodriguez. Yeah, Sergio Rodriguez, of course. So basically, that's what they've been trying to do for the last couple of years, bringing back guys from Tenerife. I mean, Alex Lopez is from San Cristobal de la Laguna, the same place where the arena is. So basically, doesn't get any better than that. And I remember feeling like when I watched the games in Split or Zagreb, when Split and, Cedev- and Cibona were playing... And Euroleague and other European competition and the feeling that you get when you're in the audience and you see your guy. I mean, a guy from your neighborhood make it or a guy from your town make it. Like it's brought back some memories for me. (laughs) Unfortunately, we don't have it anymore. But it's a good kind of philosophy that they're, they're building over there. Uh, it's probably due to Chus Vidoretta and his Bilbao roots, because they're they're trying to do some sort of a Athletic Bilbao thing from soccer, bringing it over to basketball.
0: I mean, you also have to have the you also have to have the players that you've built up, and I, I'm surprised that I mean, if you look at uh, you know the you know, the region, it's it's not the it's not the biggest of of, of spaces. I mean, it's an island, and 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 so it, it, you, you know, we also saw it last year uh, with uh small point guard Strasburg, uh ludovic uh uh bears you know he was he grew up watching uh strasburg you know i mean yeah. you know why why if if uh if you have the capabilities uh i mean that also makes your 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 fan base even that much more creased you know and and more excited and uh you know i saw i saw the tweet and i thought it was was fantastic um, yep. because you know, that, that, that means that much more, I mean, to, to the club and it, it builds up your the following of the, of the, of, of the whole team and, and, and draw and gives that connection. Um, so yeah, fantastic. Um, Sasari against, uh, Galatasaray, uh, 93, 84. Um, just, you know, you look at the, Sasari really had, had, uh, was in control of the of, of the uh, the game the entire time. I think the only time they lost control was when was when coach uh kind of lost it when uh they the when the referee sent the yeah probably the wrong player. Uh we don't obviously don't want to question referees too much, but it certainly <laughs> yeah. seemed certainly seemed like the wrong player to the free throw line and um and uh and so but that seemed like the only time they they had lost control. I mean they had answers every time that Galatasaray tried to come back. So and... You know, I think I think that
1: they actually kind of enjoyed that sequence because Poteco himself and uh, people from Sasari usually are they, they kind of feast on moments like that. It just brings out the next rounds of energy from them mm-hmm. because when you get into a talking game with them which was what Brock Mottom did, I don't think you can win that one. I mean, they've got a bunch of tricks. That's how they get fired up. And yeah. Of course there weren't fans in the stands but you could still feel the tension going sassari's way even with the technical with the uh, trash talking with the unsportsmanlike fouls that happened afterwards you still felt like there were there was no way that sassari was gonna we're gonna lose this one it just felt like they enjoyed that kind of a setup much more than galatasaray does and it was a feisty game Uh, this is the kind of game that you wish the fans were there in the stands Mm -hmm. both in Istanbul and Sassari because this would have been like one of the best games we ever had 93-84 elite scoring on both ways uh, high tension everything I mean it was just a great game to watch
0: um, we, we talked about, uh, I, I think you had mentioned, uh, your talking point in this group and the preview was point differential, um, yes. who could beat Buck and Bears by the most. And so, uh, Tenerife is a 25 point, uh, lead over everybody else going into the next two games <laughs> uh, and, and then, and then Sasara, and then Sasara, uh, you know, getting a nine point win over Galatasaray at home, yeah. um, you're, you're you're you know obviously that's that's a decent amount it's 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 you know it's it's not uh the end Still, of the world it, to come back from been,
1: yeah it could have been much higher but it could have been much closer the yeah. way that the game went i mean yeah. they could have yeah. easily escaped to a 20 point win and then again got a sorry could have easily made it a one possession game by the end of the game so this is kind of like i think it's a fitting margin after this game and it's going to be interesting. Like. Once Galatasaray plays Tenerife and then Tenerife plays Sassari, then when we get to the second round of the game, it's gonna be uh, bizarre to see if they have to chase a nine-point deficit straight away because of this game one.
0: It very well may, be, maybe I mean, because every, uh, ev- every, uh, every point in in almost every every point in almost uh, every game in, in in all of these groups can mean that much more because there's there's okay. such a limited number of games and that you're. You know any any three any any tiebreaker that you're into, every game counts. Every game counts. Um, all right, let, let, let let's move to uh, Group B, uh, okay. where we had uh, Dijon uh, going to overtime uh, to beat Krafnos uh, ninety one 79 ninety um, one seventy nine this was you know sometimes there's games where some, i often uh, you know i'm i'm not able to watch the games live and i'll go back and watch the games and and i i don't really necessarily know everything about how the game goes but you know i kind of knew how it was uh, i kind of knew what happened and um this is a game that really you know just to go back and f- go back and watch because it's a fun you know back and forth game you know they you know both uh, you know there was the big uh, first quarter by Karafnos, and then and then Dijon came back, and um, and then there was the huge comeback. So uh, this was just a fun one to watch. So maybe just I'll let you start with what your and general what your general thoughts were on this game.
1: Yeah, as soon as I saw that they forced overtime, I thought to myself, there's no way Karafnos are gonna win in overtime mm, right. because like. All the momentum went Dijon's way, and even I think that last possession, the last possession, last possession of Keravnos was a shot clock violation in fourth quarter. So basically, that's kind of like you had a chance to win, you had a chance to uh, defeat the third place team from last season away from home, and that kind of didn't go your way. And then you have to play another another five minutes against guys who are. Going upwards, like Chase Simon and Axel Julian, and uh, of course David Holston. So basically, just felt that in overtime it's going to be a one-way street, and it was.
0: Yeah, um, it, it was. It was actually a fifteen-point game uh, in the opening minute of the fourth quarter, and then uh, and then uh, Holston and, and Julian came back and said. Hey, hey, you know what? Um, we can't really, we cannot allow you guys to win uh, yeah. here. It's in not France. the first time that has
1: happened. I mean, uh, <laughs> it's not, but. Especially with Holston, he just has like a little switch that goes off once the clutch moments start, and he's going to either win or lose the game for Dijon. He mostly wins them. <laughs> so, this is just another day in the office for him and for all the other guys.
0: Um, let's move to Group D, uh, just because we don't have too much more else to say necessarily about Group D, uh, Group B since the other uh, the other game wasn't played. Um, I'll let you introduce the. Uh, uh, I, I need to I need to work on my my Polish. Um, Pcholka, Pcholka, It's not that bad. Pcholka,
1: I mean, it's it's so easy.
0: Pcholka, <laughs> Pcholka st- uh, start Lublin uh, uh, losing eighty five eighty six at home to Casademunt Saragossa. Um,
1: must be heartbreaking for them because they yeah. they played such a great game and they did everything right. They had a they came back from a double digit deficit to take a double digit lead and they had a chance to destroy them with the free throws and everything. And then you kind of felt like once Rupnik collected the ball and went downhill, you knew they were gonna go for three, not for the overtime. So basically, DJ lead it's not the first time that he's hit a game-winner. I think he did it against um, Falco last season, but it wasn't a, a shot, it was a steal. Like, Falco, somebody had a chance to win it, and then he stole the ball with the buzzer. So, basically, he knows. He loves the big moment, and just kind of feel sad about the Polish guys, because they could have complicated this group a whole lot more. You have Falco, somebody, and Nizhny Novgorod in the group, and basically, this could have been... The one win they steal from uh, hot favorites like Zaragoza and could have been the game that could have sent them one step closer, one huge step closer towards the last sixteen.
0: Yeah, I mean it was an eleven-point lead with four minutes left um, that they, you know, they that they ended up giving up. So you you mentioned it, heartbreaker, um, and uh, you know you have to definitely if you're Zaragoza you have to feel. Happy that you were able to to to, to steal this one um, yeah, in the I end.
1: Think that, I think that all the bookies all over the world were extremely happy that shot went in because <laughs> I, what I saw on Twitter was that. Uh, apparently they had Zaragoza for 84.5 points. <laughs> Basically they stood at 83, and then the guy who made the shot, and <laughs> the entire world was like, "Oh, thank you, God." <laughs> so I guess they made a lot of money on Zaragoza making the final shot, the very last one. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't get any crazier than that.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. Let's let's um, let's move to overtime. Uh, we're, we're not going to talk about every game. All. Uh, every podcast, um, but just
1: yeah, with, we four games. But we
0: only had four games, and so we and 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 we'll go in depth into each and uh, in some regard, I imagine, in and, and, uh, uh, with our overtime as well. So uh, let, let's move to overtime and and, and um, let's let's start with stat of the week. Uh, you want to go first?
1: Okay, I got 56, 56 Yeah, paint points by Tenerife. Ah,
0: okay. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: Out of the out of the 98 they scored. So usually when Tenerife beat you, they beat you with a whole bunch of three-pointers and Marcelino's mid-range floaters or whatever. But this one was, everything was going right for them. Under the rim, 56 paint points is a whole lot. I mean, and bear scored 73 overall. So basically, even if the rules were that Tenerife only could score from the paint and Bucken could score from everywhere else, it would have been a close game. So that's going to be a huge problem for Bucking all season long because they don't have the tallest team and they keep switching everything on defense. And when you have experienced guys like Shermadini and Huertas, they're going to make you pay. And they most certainly
0: did. For sure. Uh, I went with 18 and that was the offensive rebounds by Danamo Sassari that led to 18.9 second chance points. But more importantly, 21 more field goal attempts. Uh, so yeah. had 79 uh, to 58, uh, and so sorry really didn't shoot the ball well. Um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, had had a great game. Bilan had a, had a, had, a, had a good game as well. Uh, Tillman, uh, but you don't get those offensive rebounds, and and uh, you don't. You know, those, those giving up those offensive rebounds, you get that many more possessions. And and just think about, uh, you know, we talked about the points uh, in the group and and, you know, you give up only you give up only 10 offensive rebounds uh, and they only take, you know, 11 shots more than you. Uh, you know, th- it could have been a victory or it could have been, you know, a one point loss instead of a nine point loss. Right. So uh, right. I'm going to go with the 18 uh, upsets, upset you wish had happened. Um, I'm gonna go with um, Karavnos, um just because uh, I, I, that that combo of, of uh, Rory and Rosad I, I I like. Um, there's not loads otherwise on that team, but you know just the fact that um, you know to give up a 15 point lead um, in the fourth quarter that, that's that's hard to, to take, and um, you know they just. You saw that the moment was 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 a little bit too big for them. Uh, I mean, okay, it, you also have to say you know Dijon did their part, um, but yeah. you, you had you know they they they, have, they committed ten turnovers in the um, actually no I think it's even more, but at least ten turnovers in the fourth quarter alone, and uh, you just you know this was one of the games like okay, uh, and, and you see just how important three pointer uh, three pointer can be. And uh so I, I kinda wish because uh you know Krafno's first game uh in the in the Champions League, um also to give a little bit of uh uh, uh you know, to throw a little wrench into the into the dynamics of that group. Um so I know we only had four games, so but upset you upset you wish it happened.
1: No, I'm gonna go with Lublin because mm-hmm. I have been a huge fan of Lester Medford for the last three seasons probably. I first saw him play at MZT in Skopje in North Macedonia and then uh, he was a part of a big dynamic one-two punch that they had over there with another guy called Woodard. He's now playing for Cantu, a lefty guard. So with two of them, I kind of followed them all the way, what they did, and I think that it's a great pickup for Lublin and I think that Medford could have been in any of these teams. I mean, I really think he's an elite kind of talent for the BCL And probably we're going to see him, I think that even like if they don't advance, I think they're going to, he's going to go somewhere else and he's going to play the playoffs. And with everything that went in that game and his, I think he had like six steals in this game. So basically I really wanted to see that episode happening, but it didn't happen for them.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, though he was the one who who was uh, called on the foul from uh, on Rupnik when he had the three pointer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was very yeah. unfortunate because you know, really he did play a a, a really big game. Um, yeah. Okay, um, team or player that surprised you? Um,
1: I'm gonna use what uh, this team wrote on their social media. It just said "Che que forza questa Dinamo." And really, Dinamo Sassari are a force to be reckoned with because they're not uh, a blank copy of what they did last season. Because they brought in a bunch of new guys, but everyone, everyone just fitted in straight away. I mean, I expected them to lose this game. I mean, because mm-hmm. they don't have the you know, the peers and the Evanses of last season, but. Tillman was great, Bernal was excellent, uh Miro Bilan dominated inside and Philip Krushlin had eleven points in the fourth quarter after he after he went all for six in the first three. So basically this is a team. It's not a one player or two player and really, really enjoyed what they did. So kudos to Coach Pozeco and everybody over there at the island.
0: Yeah, totally agree because uh that that uh you know that that I didn't I didn't uh I didn't see them dominating, the, uh, you know. Like we said, I didn't see them really being able to to kind of control that game, uh, as yeah. they as they did, um, especially against the Galatasaray team that you know you know has a pretty good share of talent. Um, yeah,
1: that, since we have no Croatian teams, I think they, <laughs> they can kind of have to be my some kind of a favorite team because. They got Bilan, who's from Sibenik. They got Krushlin Kruf, who's from Zagreb. And they got Potseko who was an assistant coach at Cedevita in Zagreb for a couple of years. So they're basically, and they're called Dynamo. We have a team over here. So <laughs> that's basically like, they're 50% Croats, if you ask me.
0: They're Croats in your heart, for sure.
1: Yeah, of course.
0: Um, team that surprised me, I'll, I'll go with Lublin. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I was yeah. the one who said, you know, I was really looking forward to to seeing the combination of Medford and and, uh Lusinski at, at the guard uh, but even the the mix of of uh, um, amari Moore and uh and Dorsey Walker as well as uh, as Laksha you know Laksha had a, had a pretty big game as yeah. as well um and you know that's a that's a tough group that they're in and uh you know that I don't necessarily believe that they're going to be able to grab a a, a victory, uh, but um, you know you saw you you know you saw right right there that that uh, you know if things work that they can uh, that they can definitely give a challenge. Okay, you know okay this is also now the first game and people have seen them now, um, but still I think there's a pretty good amount of talent and I didn't necessarily um, I didn't necessarily expect that. Okay. okay. Um, I bet you didn't know. Uh, that um, and I'm actually gonna, I guess, kind of steal this one from the from the from the uh, BCL uh, media team. Uh, you watched it and you and you figured it, uh, but I'm gonna go with uh, 37 of the 44 points uh, scored by by uh, Dijon in the fourth quarter and overtime were scored by either uh, David Holston or Axel Julian uh, including seven threes. and is actually 39 of the last 46 if you include the final basket in the in the in the third quarter um, it's it was just uh it was just amazing display by yeah. those, those two guys and, and even uh, if you asked if
1: you asked like coach of karonas who do you need to stop he would have said <laughs> Holston and Julian but when, when they're clicking when they're on the same page it's impossible to do it it's it's not an accident that Dijon were third in the Basketball Champions League last season it's not an accident that they shared the top of the French League before the season was suspended last time around I mean they're a good team they they Have such great chemistry, especially those two Holston and Julian. And basically, once they start hitting, you know, I think probably it's much easier to just surrender and say, ah, at least we don't have to worry about this one.
0: Especially because it's not just you know right at the line; it's like two, three feet, four feet, even further back.
1: There's not, I mean, there's not much you can do when both of them are shooting well, because if you uh use the drop coverage they're gonna pull up and shoot if you try and switch they're gonna use the mismatch or put the ball downstairs to chassan or Mm -hmm. if you try to kind of double team and make them play four on three it's still with chase simon and with everybody else they got guys who can hit shots so i mean You can just pray. Same like Tenerife when Marcelino is feeling the game and Shermadini is hidden. You, there's not much you can do. <laughs> there's no coverage for that one. So what do you bet I didn't know? Uh, I bet you didn't know that Martin Laksa is actually a part of a great uh, Latvian dynasty of basketball players because his father played basketball professionally and his sister is one of the... Best Latvian player Kiti Alaksa. So there you go. Like it's in the genes. He hit the big shot late in the game, the three-pointer that was the goal has three-pointer, but kind of didn't happen for him to be the hero on this day. But he's a good player, and it's all in the genes.
0: It's all in genes. Um, all right. The last last section is uh, best European player of the week. Actually a lot of guys to, to pick from yeah, exactly.
1: It's not an easy one. Yeah,
0: you 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 uh you, you recommended it and I thought ah easy, huh? but um Nope. <laughs> so my am I first or no? I think you're first, so I'll let you go. Uh obviously there's there's plenty to choose from, so
1: Yeah, um, I'm gonna go with Marcos Piso because he flirted with a triple double twenty two eight and six. He just carried the team, he's got the he kind of feels like he's a 35 year old with all the experience and the rhythm that he's got to his game, and he could be the leader that Sassari need this season.
0: Yeah, I mean, you could also go, uh, you could also go with uh, Sherman Dini, and I'm I'm actually gonna go with uh, Julian. Um, you know, with uh, with the 20, we yeah, have 26. Uh, twenty-six two assists, five threes. Yep. Um, you know, and and you know Holston kind of brought them back in the fourth quarter and uh and and then Julian kind of just said, all right, fourth quarter. Um, you know, he did he, he you know he did much more of the damage in the fourth quarter, uh really almost unconscionable stuff that he was doing in the fourth quarter. He yeah. also also had the um uh three point play. So he had two threes and a three point play in the fourth quarter alone. And um, so I'm going to go with with Julian. I mean, but you know, so many so many guys uh, that you, that you could pick from. So a good day for European basketball.
1: Exactly, exactly. That that was the whole point of this overtime segment. I mean, and I, I kind of like I went between Spiso and Julian, but still, I think that Spiso won a bigger game. So just on that grounds, I'm, I'm going with him. Yeah, but. A big fan of Julian, of course.
0: Yes, a former podcast uh, guest on this uh, uh, on this show uh, last season. Um, all right, so let's move on to our interview of the week. Uh, we had a chance to talk to Predrag uh, Savovic, the CEO of Bill, of Abit Bilbao Basket. Uh, so let's talk to him, and we'll catch you on the other side of that. Okay, so on the show this week, we have uh, Peja... Uh, Savovic, the CEO of Radabet Bilbao Basket. Uh, uh, Brad, thank you for coming on.
2: Uh thank you, Dave. Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure.
0: Um, how excited are you to have this team playing in the the Basketball Champions League starting next week at home against uh, Kashiaka? Let's let's start off with uh, your excitement level. Wow, well, we
2: are very excited. I mean, it's uh, for us, it's a new competition. Uh, I'm very, very, very excited to. Uh, to uh, to be part of it, um, and you know, happy to to kick it off, and uh, you know, it, it's been a great uh, relationship with uh, with the BCL uh, ever since we announced that uh, we're going to participate this year. You know, the, it's a very serious organization, very well uh, managed, uh, and uh, you know, seeing what was what's been going on for the last uh, three or four years ever since uh, the the BCL kicked off. I mean, you know, we we were looking forward to it, so. Um, I'm very happy that uh, that we can we can finally start it.
0: We'll come back to your thoughts about the league itself in in, in a couple of minutes. Um, looking at your group, you have uh, uh, obviously Kashiaca as the as the opening game, but you also have Bros Bamberg and Fortitudo Bologna. Maybe what do you think about this this group and the, the club's chances of advancing? Well, oh, it's a very diff-
2: difficult uh, group. Uh, you know, you have an ex Turkish champion, you have a historical Fortitudo club as well as Brosse. So you know, very good teams, very strong teams, very uh, uh, really well coached. Uh, so it's going to be it's going to be excited uh, uh, competition for for all of us. Uh,
0: BCL was originally going to play four groups of eight teams, but switched the format to eight groups of four, uh, also because of the the term the the concerns over COVID nineteen and uh, getting all the games played. Maybe just talk about the decision to switch the format and maybe your club's level of confidence at this moment, let's say, that we'll see a full season.
2: Well, you know, we are in extremely uh, difficult times and uh, lots of uncertainty that um, that we live in. So the decision to, uh, to cut uh, from four groups of eight to eight groups of four is something that uh, we all understand and appreciate the, uh, Sensibility of the issue and uh, the, you know, being the BCL being the responsible competition, uh, you know, try to, to mitigate uh, this situation, um, not preventing, uh, not, not, not allowing, you know, for us uh, to be in a situation where we have to compete and travel to, to all these countries, not knowing how the situation will develop. I think it's a good decision um, and, uh, and a very cautious one. Um, it also gives a space. Uh, for teams in case of uh, any positive cases that the games can be rescheduled and uh, finish the competition in the best possible way with with all the games played. So uh, we're looking forward to it. Uh, You know, as I said, uh, the group of ours, at least, it's a very exciting group. It's a very, very strong group. So we're going to look for our opportunities.
0: You you yourself briefly played in the NBA as well as the ULEP EuroCup Cup uh, during your playing days. And then as an executive with Bilbao, the cup play in, uh, in the Euro league and Euro cup as, as someone who's been around basketball for nearly three decades or so. What, what do you think about the development of basketball champions league as uh, you enter the competition and now it's fifth season?
2: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a great project. I mean, uh, it's, uh, it's con- considers uh, um, as a base, uh, the, the national leagues and, the. Uh, uh, your competitive uh, uh, sports uh, uh, side's uh, uh, success uh, is uh, very well appreciated and uh, I believe that's something that uh, that uh, that is uh, the way that the basketball should go. Uh, very happy to see that uh, the Bcl uh, wants to learn and wants to uh, uh, know inside out all the, all the all the teams in Europe and how they function, how we operate. Uh, What are our concerns and uh, needs, and uh, give them, give us the 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 response to those needs. So, I believe it's something that uh, we can clearly state that it's uh, it's 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 a a project that uh, has a very bright future, and uh, we as a team are very happy to participate and be a part of.
0: San Pablo Burgos was playing in the second division in Spain in 2016-17, and then debuted in the BCL last season, and ended up winning the winning the the, the championship. Uh, given that Bilbao and Burgos are only about 160 kilometers apart, uh, maybe what did you think about that rapid rise in the club, and and what are some of the lessons from that club, uh, from from Burgos that Bilbao uh, maybe can take and now look to. Uh, to use as as you try to make a name in the BCL. Now we, I mean, we 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 have been participants uh, in European
2: Championship, as you said, uh, ever since uh, more than ten day, ten years ago. Um, managed to play uh, uh, finals of the of the Euro Cup competition. Played a couple of semifinals. Uh, even managed to to be in the quarterfinals of the Euro League at the time. So as far as the participating in European competitions, I mean, we, we are very uh, um, confident that uh, we know how to manage uh, 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 everything that has to do with, uh, with, uh, with, with the competition in, uh, in Europe. As far as the BCL goes, it's the first year. Uh, the teams that we're going to be playing, we haven't uh, had a chance to play them before. Um, definitely the, the path that uh, not only Burgos, but Tenerife as well, uh, have 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 drawn uh, earlier early seasons is something that uh, we hope uh, we can follow, but we really are taking uh special in the situation that we live right now um, with with everything that's going on due to a uh, pandemic uh, we're really taking it week by week uh, game by game day by day, and uh, you know we'll see the the, the coaches and the, the players are preparing the you know games as as they come and yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We just want to play basketball the way that we play. Uh, we want to do what we know how to do best is uh, uh, get ready and, you know, play our hearts out on the floor.
0: You, you mentioned that uh, Bilbao is an established name in European basketball. Um, you guys played in the Euro Cup or EuroLeague seven, eight, seven seasons between 2008 and 2018. Uh, there, was right. the, there was a the 2013 Euro Cup final as well as semifinals in, in, 19, uh, in 2009 and 2010. And then you mentioned the yearly quarterfinals in 2013 not to, not to forget also the second place in Spain in 2011 you 2011, played yeah. you played with the team from 2004 to 2009 and then served as president uh, and CEO from 2010 to 14 followed followed with seasons one season each as CEO and then co CEO. Um, and also saw and witnessed the club fighting for its uh, ACB life financially maybe maybe could you talk about how what this club means to you um,
2: what it means to me it 's hard to explain i mean I, I, i've been a part of this project uh, for the last sixteen years, even when I was away. I really had a very close relationship with all the people that uh, that that first work here um, as well as that uh, were leading the project during my Three years of hiatus uh, that I had, that I was away. Uh, So what does it mean? Well, it's it's a big part of my life. I mean, um, I've been in sports since 1993 when I when I to play for Partizan Belgrade as a 17 years old um, up until now. So um, I I would say that it's uh, it's my my close to close to first home. (laughs) how to say it. And, uh, and everything that has to do with this club is, uh, as if it's me myself, it's a part of me. So, um, and not only myself, but everybody involved in this project, um, they feel that this is something that they carry inside. Uh, even the players that don't play here anymore. Um, every single one of them have a, have a very, very, uh, uh, uh fond memories and, uh, exciting times that we spent here in Bilbao. It's, uh, you know, it's a family atmosphere. It's, uh, Something that uh, you know we try to to transfer not only on the floor but off the floor in the stands. Uh, uh, you know have in mind that this club when the situation is is normal, um, there is more than 8,500 8, people watching every game. Uh, these people have been with the club for the last twenty years. This is our twentieth uh, uh, year that uh, since, since the debut of the club in uh, professional basketball so um, you know, it's something that I really appreciate, I identify with, and, uh, you know, just hope for the best uh, throughout of this uh, pandemic and that we can keep on going and doing a great job that they've been doing so far.
0: You spent the 2017, 18, 19, 18 and then 18-19 seasons as, uh, with Zaragoza as CEO there. Um, yes. From where you had to watch Bilbao finish 17th in 2018 and be relegated yes, to... Yes, it was tough, it was tough to, for me because it was between uh, Zaragoza and you And you guys finished 16th. Maybe, uh, maybe, you know, your your <laughs> beloved club, how, how much pain did you feel?
2: Uh, I did feel pain. I, I would like to, you if I say I didn't, but I really, I'm a professional. So, you know, Zaragoza were my home at the time. I, you know, I, I appreciated, first, I appreciate the opportunity that uh, Reynaldo Benito has given me. At that time, and uh, we was very happy that uh, we could manage the very difficult season, stay in the league. And, you know, then the next season, we had a very fantastic season, which opened the door for everything that was coming up later uh, for Zaragoza. But then, you know, on the other hand, when you go home, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe, you know, <laughs> that Bilbao Basket is in second division. But fortunately enough, uh, you know, Alex Mumbrou and the team, and the, the, the players and the coaching staff did a fantastic job in, uh, in the lab. Uh, they they came back to the ACB the the following season you know and I got an offer from Bilbao which I accepted and uh I came back home and it's been a first year this is my second year now and very happy to form part again of the Bilbao basket family well
0: we'll we'll, we'll talk about uh, uh Alex Mumbro in a second um, maybe just what was your you know what you know what made you decide to come back to to Bilbao and 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 then what was your what was what was your kind of goal to uh, to accomplish with this, t- with this, uh, with this uh, club. Well,
2: it, it was it was an exciting, you know, to be invited somewhere where you left uh, maybe three years earlier, and uh, and see that people still, you know, appreciate maybe the work you did and what you were been working on as a professional in, in sports management for uh, for the past uh, many years. Uh, and, and it's uh, like coming back home. It was Bilbao. I mean, I have many friends here. I have uh, lots of people I know. I know how the club operates. So it was a fairly easy decision, uh, tough in a sense that, you know, I was really, really well received and uh, well appreciated and respected. We had a great uh, job done in Zaragoza, but at the end, you know, sometimes we as a professionals uh, have to make decisions uh, one way or the other. So this time, I decided that, uh, that uh, Bilbao was, was a place where I would continue my professional career. Uh, as far as the goals, just to, you know, like always, you know, do, do the best the way you can. the, the board of directors and the owners, uh, they had their ideas, uh, which aligned with mine. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we've been, we had a very, very good season last year. Financially and sports-wise, uh, which really put us in a position where we we agreed to participate in BCL League. Uh, we finished fifth in the regular season. We finished uh, eighth uh, in, a, in a in a larger format playoffs, which are five and twelve. So it was really a successful season. Now you know in March, as you know, the pandemic hits, and um, we are struggling as uh, as every other team. You know, we we trying to make the best out of situation, carefully making decisions that. That will positively affect the club. And uh, analyzing different scenarios, and so far so good. You know, we we kicked off the ACB league. Now we're kicking off the the, the, the season in the BCL with lots of excitement, and uh, hope that uh, these things uh, will closely earlier than later will be being clarified, so we can we can come back to some kind of normality in sports and count with fans and the arenas and. Uh, uh, you know do what we do best uh prepare some form of entertainment for the fans, and they can you know enjoy the game
0: it's It's impossible to talk about, about basketball without talking about uh, current head coach alex uh, Mombro. he he joined the club in two thousand and nine you had just ended your playing career um and then he finished his playing career with uh with the club in two thousand and eighteen uh when they when they went down to to the second division at age 39, let's let's first start off with him as far as what does he mean to this club as a player and what he accomplished with the club as a player first. Wow,
2: uh, he's uh, well. If you talk to Alex Mumbru, with Alex Monbru about Alex Mumbru, Uh He's uh, I mean he's uh, he's a historical uh, uh, player in Spain. I mean he's the guy that. Uh, um, uh, succeeded in in every aspect of of of, of, of a sports person 's career i mean he uh, he 's the champion in the bronze in uh, mediterranean games with a famous uh, uh, spanish team where all the all the most famous players probably of the history of Spanish basketball he was one of them uh, he's the champion of the of the european competition champion of the world he was a silver in uh, Olympic games i mean really if you talk to to the guy that what about the guy that that played for Real Madrid for Juventud, uh, um it's uh, it's really it's really amazing and we are fortunate enough to to have him as a as a head coach uh he uh he really did an uh, amazing job first as a player um he represented everything that uh, that this club stands for uh the way he was as a player and uh, he's now as a coach and uh did a great two seasons with us, uh, extended the contract with him um, and really, really fortunate and happy that, uh, that have a person and a uh, person, first of all, and the, then the ex player and the coach now uh, being a part of, of many black. And um, I mean, I don't know. There's, we don't have time to talk about Alex <laughs> as a as a basketball player and what he, what he means uh, for uh, for for Spanish and uh, probably European basketball. Uh, so having him um, as a coach is, is very important, also uh, not only for the team but for the city of Bilbao as well, uh, and uh, and all the players uh, that uh, that ha- they are fortunate enough for 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 him to have as a coach. Uh, lots of things to learn, and uh, he's been doing a great job. Really, we're very very happy uh, to share to share this uh, this time
0: with him. What do you, what do you think he does? that uh, makes him so successful as a coach thus far in his really very young career as a, as a, as a head coach. Uh,
2: yes, but he's, he understands the game. He knows the game. He's been, uh, he's been a basketball players, uh, since 1997, uh, when, when he uh, had a, if I'm not mistaken, his debut with, uh, and went to the Badalona. Um, so he knows the game. He understands the game. He understands the players. He understands, uh, 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 what what players need and how they uh, they will react or should react. So uh, he reads the game well. I mean everything really that you would you would ask for somebody uh, in this position to to uh, to value uh, is something that can bring results. Uh, well, that's that's Alex Mubru, uh-huh. and uh, we are really happy and fortunate. Uh, again, I say that that we can count as a person that spent so many years as a basketball player and making transition. Uh, into coaching and uh, and uh, being successful from the get-go. That's really fortunate for looking at,
0: everybody. L- looking at this season, at this season's roster, you guys have a, have a, a series of young, of players who were, let's say, regarded as youngsters and then are kind of receiving second chances, if you will. You look at Luda Hawkinson who's who's still only 24. You have the former BCL Young Player of the Year, Ar- Arnold Kobolka. You have the 22-year-old Brazilian big man Felipe Dos Anjos, who used to play with Real Madrid, and then just this week you you brought in uh, Jovan Kajic on, on loan from Gran Canaria. Maybe just talk no. t- talk a little bit about the club's philosoph- philosophy with these young players.
2: Um, well, like I said, uh, we we are we are a team uh, that that uh, has a coach have a coach that uh, succeeded. And had a great success uh, uh, last year and the year before, bringing the team uh, into the the ACB. Uh, and knowing that uh, we are playing with uh, one of the lowest budgets uh, in the ACB, uh, I think that has uh, even more merit uh, to what he does and uh, what our team is doing. Um, and you know, having these younger players uh, and I would say less experienced players is uh, is something that uh, we we do because we are confident enough that we can bring. Uh, Bring the best out of them and uh, make them even better players. Uh, don't forget that uh, uh, last year we managed uh, to have uh, three players that uh, that uh, left Bilbao for uh, for for other teams, uh, and uh, and that's something that you know that happens in probably in uh, situations where um, the environment is as such for those players to be able to grow to develop themselves and uh, be attractive for other bigger teams as uh, was the case uh, with uh, with three players uh, last year Lames uh, ended up playing for uh, for Abba, um for Bayern uh, uh, uh then we have a situation where uh, Sulemanovic uh, uh is playing uh, now for Tenerife uh who as you know was a was a BCL championship uh, uh winner and then uh, we had um uh, we had as well a Boutel, who is uh, playing very well now in Unicaja. So uh, this is a situation we as a team are here. We, we count on that. We count on the capacity of the team uh, led by, by Alex to, to, to generate these situations and uh, to count for with, uh, with the young talent that can bring, uh, bring uh, high-level basketball here for a team. Um,
0: people might look at the, uh, the start of the season with a 1-4 record. And may think it's a slow start, but you know you lost at Gran Canaria, uh, Barcelona, and you jo- At Joventut and then at home against Tenerife. All four of those teams playing European competition. Uh, maybe just how do you feel about the this team's early season performance?
2: Now we really had a very tough uh, schedule. Uh, we are the team that uh, looks uh, at the situations on a medium long term. So you know the season just started. You know players are getting together. Uh, we are we are happy that uh, the the coaching staff is uh, doing a great job so far so you know being one and four with all the opponents that we have played early this season um, I don't know if you mentioned but uh, we played barcelona away yeah. Yeah. Uh, among those teams uh you know it's it's not an easy schedule so we are we are conscious of that and uh, we'll be just you know we're going to keep working hard we're going to you know do everything we can as a club as a as a as a, as a coaching staff and uh, and uh, and uh, the sports section uh, to help in any way we can for uh, for the team to keep uh, to keep playing well and look for its opportunities in future games. And,
0: and to finish off, uh, uh, Bilbao is back on the European stage in the Basketball Champions League. Uh, maybe just—I uh, know you—you you, you said you want to, you know, think, you know, game by game, week by week. Uh, but you know, maybe just talk about. What do you think is possible with this club uh, in the BCL, and what do you think the what do you think you guys have to do to accomplish that uh, that uh, that goal? You, you know, you might you,
2: you might have it as a cliche, but literally we're taking it uh, one step at a time. <laughs> we have to uh, nowadays, so actually. That, <laughs> yeah, especially having this situation that we all live in, and uh, uh, you know, we 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 have to we have to deal with all kinds of. Uh, Issues that uh, on a daily, weekly basis of games being rescheduled, games being delayed, games being not played. Uh, so basically, you know, you just get ready, do the best job you can, um, game in, game out, and try to win more as more games as you want as you can. Um, as far as the BCL, it's a new competition for us. We'll see how how we uh, perform. We'll see how this first game uh, will be will be played uh, against uh, Pinar, who I must say is a very very strong team. Very. A powerful team. So we'll see how this develops. I mean, we really, we really don't have any, uh, any, any issues uh, uh, of uh, saying it, uh, really, literally taking it uh, game by game at this time.
0: All right. That was uh, Peja Salovic, Sol- uh, the CEO of Radhapet Bilbao Basket. Thank you for taking your time. Uh, look forward to seeing you guys in the BCL. Good luck this season. And of course, uh, stay, stay, uh, stay healthy and safe.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Dave. Have a great day. Thank you for having me.
0: Okay. Um, so, I guess, Igor, why don't you, uh, you know, you've been in this in this game uh, a long time and followed the, the European basketball. Uh, what are your thoughts about about uh, about about uh Savović and then, and then maybe about Bilbao and the history that they have? I mean,
1: Predrag had a kind of unique career. He was born in Croatia. He was born in Pula, but to a Montenegrin family, and he's a Montenegrin guy. And he played early on in Belgrade. He played for Partizan, and he played for uh, Beovuk and Shabbat's And then all of a sudden, like in his 20s, he started playing in the NCAA, which is a unique thing to do when, when you're a 20-year-old and you play in Hawaii. Whatever, so it was a peculiar kind of bad, but he focused on his uh, academics, and basically it's good to see him being back in Bilbao. He played for them uh, he was the president of the club, and then I mean, it's just a good story that he's back with them, and he's doing good stuff because they assembled a nice team
0: yeah let's let's kind of uh, let's kind of close with that. Uh, you know we talked to you know him a little bit about. Uh, about the club, you know, there's, there's, uh, you know, there's a little bit of youth to this team. Uh, you know, obviously they, they lost a couple of key guys uh, to to other to other clubs. You know, they're they're back. You know, two years ago they were obviously in the second division. Uh, you know, Mumbra has shown that he's uh, really can 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 do some tremendous things. Uh, I think he, they were the first ever team in in. Um, the first re- uh, promoted team to beat the four teams that are in the Euroleague in Spain uh, yeah. w- last season. Uh, also, they they reached the, the Copa del Rey. Um, so, what are your expectations from 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 this Bilbao team this season?
1: If they survive, if they survive their first group with Bamberg, Fortitudo, and Kashiaca, it already feels like they've done their part and they reach the playoffs ready to compete like it's not they they're not going to be surprised by anybody else in the playoffs if they manage to survive the group of death that is group f so basically Mm -hmm. one if they make it to the playoffs they could go all the way that's kind of just the mentality that we've seen from the spanish club previously in this competition
0: yeah. Yeah. I, I, this is a team I like and, and not only just because there's a lot of interest in youth players, but you know, you look at a guy like Hawkinson who's, who's, you know, yeah. I said he never, he's only he's still only 24. It feels like he's been around yes. for ages. Uh, you, you, know, you have, uh, Jalen Brown, you have, um, uh, Sanofsky who was actually the leading scorer in, in Poland. We saw him come over. He, we here in Germany, we saw him come over and play for Festa in the, uh, in the season ending tournament, uh, Saron, we saw in uh in, in, in Strasbourg. Kingsley uh, with Peristeri. Balvin obviously, we know is is a, is a big who you know can can do things. Also, Kabulka, you know, people obviously know him in this competition as a former uh, BCL Young Player of the Year. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough group, uh, and I think it I think it would be. Uh, their chances would actually be that much better if there were actually fans. Obviously we'll have to see how, how it looks with fans because of that, because, you know, I think they averaged more than 8,000 fans last year in, in the, uh, yeah. in, in the ACB. Um, and that's just a hotbed of, of basketball. So it would have been, it, hopefully we can see bas- see fans there, but you know, that would make it even that much more, um, more exciting. But, you know, I, like you said, I mean, if they can, if they can get that through that group and, you know, there's different styles, there's different, you know, there's there's different physicality, different uh, you know, a whole lot of different uh, things that they're gonna be uh seeing and plus they're playing every week uh in the ACB. And um so yeah, if there's no if they if they do get through the, the, the group stage, there's really no reason why uh, as long as the the matchup is good, you know, that you can't get to, you know, then at least the quarterfinals and then, you know, who knows. Yeah, I mean,
1: I I told I told you last week that I expect them to lead the blocks per game stats because they got Andre Balvin and mm-hmm. Kingsley Moses paired together under the rim. So good luck trying to get a layup over there.
0: <laughs> For sure. All right. Um, I guess uh, to close off, how you will remember the, the first week of action of the 2020-21 Basketball Champions League season?
1: Uh, extremely relaxed for us. Extremely tense for the players.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a great point. Um, I, I I'll I'll think of the the heartbreak, um, of young teams. Uh, yes. You know, Karavnos yes. and and Lublin both uh, first games, um, and uh, and really having high high level teams. I mean, you had two uh, final eight teams, uh, really on the ropes in the fourth quarter. And neither of them were able to pull it out. And, and even Bakken, you know, they showed okay. You know, we can.
1: Pl- they had a seven-point lead early on. They can say that. Yeah, I mean, exactly. You know. That could be the, the blueprint for the rest of the season. For <laughs>
0: exactly. Them. So that, that's how I remember. You know, the sort of the heartbreak of the of the uh, of the debutants.
1: Yeah. You live, you learn. That's you live, you learn. Say.
0: Exactly. All right. Um, so then, to finally close, uh, next week we have the other uh, groups that are. Uh, getting into action, Uh, just maybe one game that you're looking forward to.
1: Looking forward to Turk Telecom against Jerusalem. Both of them are final eight teams and that's about it. And not going to extend on that because um, if I say anything other than my prediction record will be once again tested and that's a bad news for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. um, There's that. I think the Bilbao-Karysiak game will be good as well. Um, Yes. uh, Igor, have a good week. Uh, Enjoy the uh the week two action and uh we'll talk to you next week and uh enjoy okay you too man